Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. Once again, in continuing our, our series, The Con, uh, we're here with Patrick Laval, who is responsible for, who is the producer and also what I call the protagonist of this series. Patrick, how are you doing today, my friend? Well, it's amazing, man. You can't move in any direction without actually running into what it is we're talking about um, and what we're revealing on this on this um, incredibly important dialogue, Egberto. And thank you for for pursuing it. Because, look, man, the bottom line is that I have watched and witnessed like ad nauseum, a waterfall, a water cannon of misinformation from the general public and disinformation all over the place. And a lot of people that are confused online that are talking about the recent bank runs and, you know, uh, trying to parlay it into understanding about what happened in 2008, what actually didn't happen then and what got fixed and what didn't get fixed. They don't understand. Nobody understands the level of engineered deception and techniques of fraud on a global scale that we're revealing, which is the impetus for everything we're dealing with right now, because it never got fixed, which was the whole point. This particular episode is on deception. And yes, what we saw at Silicon Valley Bank is also deception. Recently, it just, it, 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 in fact, it came through with, I think, the best well, the only economist that I fully trust these days, and I have for a long time, big fan of a gentleman by the name of Michael Hudson. Many of your viewers might be aware of him, but he was being interviewed by recently by Ben. Um, boy, I can't think of Ben's last name, but they both revealed that the largest bankruptcy in uh, banking history of the United States, and I thought it was Lehman Brothers because, of mm -hmm. course, the Silicon Valley Bank was a big deal, but it turned out to be Washington Mutual. So the woman we just saw was the head of credit risk for Washington Mutual. Right. And so what happened at that time, you know, they weren't always a fraud shop. They were a fraud shop because of what took place after deregulation, right. which we'll talk about briefly. But look, a lot of your viewers are also probably aware recently, like, for example, both Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, but particularly Elizabeth Warren has been out there on the circuit blaming Donald Trump for deregulation based on the Dodd-Frank Act that took place to clean up all the stuff that we're talking about that never cleaned it up. But ultimately, the ir irony is there were 16 uh, senators, Democrats. Democratic senators, and there was probably on the line of 32 re uh, Democratic uh, representatives that also went with this. And, and lo and behold, it turns out that this this is you can't make this up, Egberto, but Barney Frank of the actual Dodd-Frank legislation yes. was on the board of directors for Signature Bank trying to water down his own regulation of Dodd-Frank. Ironically, it's Signature Bank because Signature uh, you know, um, his signature uh, legislation. So you go back to the beginning here, and this is what everybody's missing about the techniques of deception. So everybody in, in, in finance and in banking understands risk. So the bottom line is they decided, it, you know, after the late 90s deregulation by the Clinton administration, that gave us the president working group under Richard Levitt, who was at the SEC, and then, of course, Robert Rubin, who was the former CEO of uh, Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs. Treasury Secretary under Clinton. And then, of course, everybody's favorite uh, who created all of this stuff, um, the you know, chair of the Federal Reserve, Alan Greenspan. And then at that time, uh, who am I missing from that illustrious group? Oh, yeah, nobody else but Larry Summers. OK, by the way, and I, I got to come back to that point in a little bit. But the long and the short of it, Egberto, is that 
That's when the deregulation went on overdrive. That's when we got rid of Glass-Steagall. Maybe some of many of your viewers are watching Robert Reich out there right now and Senator Warren saying, we need Glass-Steagall back. Oh, yeah, it's going to be real easy to get that with this Congress that we have. But the long and the short of it is, we got the Glass-Steagall Act after the Great Depression when we did the investigation through a gentleman by the name of Ferdinand Pecora, who laid out all the facts that led to the Great Depression, and suddenly Congress actually got in line and created – they figured out what the problems were. So they got rid of the casino gambling, which was just you know basically hyperdrive mafiocracy. And what they did at that time period is they created the Savings – excuse me, the Securities and Exchange Commission, and they also created – um, Glass-Steagall. To, 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 so you couldn't have gambling with other people's money. Okay, so fast forward to this conversation that we're talking about in light of what we just saw. So after the 2008 great financial crisis, and actually in the run-up to it, as we just saw, you know, they, they, they got rid of the underwriting standards. And that was the, the whole technique. And this woman that we just saw was head of credit risk at Washington Mutual, as it turns out, as I just said, the largest bankruptcy in the United States, who had been there for 30 plus years, she knows exactly how to do underwriting. Right. She knows exactly how to make the sound and safeness, safety and soundness of the financial industry. And she was getting muscled out. Why? Because what we did with this deregulation and through what we've showed you from the very beginning, which is called control fraud, when the CEOs are able to create these, these mechanics of deception based on these engineering of deception through underwriting, they're able to increase the level of loans, which hyperinflates the asset bubble, which as it turns out, is really the job of the Federal Reserve now. It's not to basically maintain low inflation and full employment as we see it's absolute bullshit. What it is, is to create increased asset value and ultimately increased real estate value for the 1% or maybe the top 10% at best, but really the 001% that are using all of these deceptive acts and practices. And as she showed in that, in that, in, in incredibly important uh, uh, revelation is she said, because it was uh, the largest bankruptcy in history that got purchased by none other than who? Do you remember? The bank. I don't remember. The, uh, I, which bank was it? It's a big bank. Chase. Right, Who's Chase. all over the place right now? Everybody's right. like, oh, yeah, everybody's going to be running to Chase because it's this globally systemic, you know, huge, you know, operation because of what's happening with Silicon Valley Bank and all the billionaires are going to, you know, throw their money into Chase because why? They're an extension of what we're talking about with the Federal Reserve. And the long and the short of it is, even though they're the largest criminal bank right now next to Credit Suisse, which just went down last night, that just got bailed out by, uh, you know, by the, 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 the company for, 30, for $50 billion, $54 billion. Right. Right. Exactly. And so when you created these liars loans, now, again, people blame it on subprime. There's a reason for subprime. The differentiator is, and a lot of people, especially in Texas, will understand this. You know, if you're a wildcatter and you're like selling, you know, uh, oil rigs or whatever, or maybe pipelines and everything else, and you're a commission guy, your income is lumpy. Sometimes you're way up. Sometimes you're kind of here. Sometimes you're down, whatever. And there's a way to lend against that. And there's a way to price that risk, right? Just because somebody's up and down. And they're not they're not monthly doesn't mean they're a bad credit risk. They're just going to have a different kind of a lumpy way to pay things back. And that goes for, quite frankly, minorities, too. Right. You mm -hmm. can have a minority, for example, and not and I don't mean to blanket, but I'm just saying, let's say in in my. Well, sorry, let me just put it this way. Take that comment back about minorities and think of it this way. Low income neighborhoods. Maybe there's people in low income neighborhoods 
that have jobs, you know, three or four jobs. That doesn't mean they can't pay things back. That just doesn't mean they, they, they don't have huge amounts of income and great buffer in their bank account. They just have to pay back accordingly, which then, of course, in all manners, levels of spectrum of our economy, you're supposed to price risk based accordingly. That's not what they did. They opened this up based on fees, based on control fraud, based on modern executive compensation to hyperinflate assets that they were moving because it was a $70 trillion appetite for all of these uh, uh, mortgage-backed securities in the 2008 era that generated $600 to $800 trillion in derivatives problems that ultimately blew up because, of course, that's not sustainable. And it's interesting- it's interesting what they they did, the way they they packaged these different derivatives and had some formula. I mean, these different uh, securities and had some formula that said we can make mix the ones that have good credit references, the ones that have middle credit references, and the ones that we know are piece of crap, and convert that into a high grade financial Triple instrument. A. What you're talking about is the mortgage backed securities, and they right. looked at it. Got to visualize, like, um, you know, um, let's say a faucet that has a water flow of revenue. But as you get down the credit risk stream, and the way they package that was there's like, you know, you get all these quants, these geniuses in, in math to basically do this sort of credit risk analysis that's like, look, you, you, if you have X amount that are, let's say, triple B and then X amount that are C, it's going to be made up because of however you get in triple A. And together, we're going to sell this together to open up again the credit box to get more and more investors from this global you know, um, capital that always thought that American housing was safe. But ultimately, let me just finish this real quick before the next slide. Because of the derivatives, we were selling bets on top of bets on top of bets of fuck the, pardon my language, sawdust, right. sawdust. And that, but, but, but here's the most important thing for your viewers at the moment. Again, let, let's put this into comparison. We just had a wipeout of Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX because of crypto. And we could talk about crypto all day. But that thing blew up because of a $9 billion hole in the balance sheet. We're talking $600 to $800 trillion in 2007 and eight that blew up the world that we will get to in terms of the, the Federal Reserve providing $30 freaking trillion in 2009 and many, 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 many more trillion dollars since to these guys that are playing everybody. And ultimately, right now, how much do you think we have in in in, in uh, global uh, derivatives trades that are just behind what's going on? It wouldn't be on? surprising me if, if we're right where we started before, if not more. We're, we're double from what I understand. We're up to 1.2 quadrillion in notional value of derivatives trades. And yesterday we saw, uh, and I've, I've seen Credit Suisse on the teeter, and it's a systemically important institution, of course, been around for like 136 years or something like that. Unbelievable assets, but they're involved with criminality up the wazoo, like you would imagine. So this is a global thing, right? And they had to get bailed out. They went through a trouble about four months ago because of the UK guilt run because of the derivatives trade, but they went down last night because of credit default swaps. Mm-hmm. Credit default swaps is what blew up the world in 2008. Again, the one, the yes. same thing that did it in 2008. Yes. And so, for example, you've got all these people in mainstream media that are starting to ask this question that are like, hey, you think the free money policy of the last 10 years actually created this? But let's ask what the free uh, money policy was, Egberto. So, for example, we all know during COVID, many people got, let's say, somewhere in the, what, $1,200 check range mm-hmm. if you got a family. Maybe you get $2,400. Maybe you get whatever. Then, then there was a, uh, you know, what was it, the uh, payment protection plan? Okay, whatever. Right. And then a lot of people took some of that money when they were aren't working and they invested it in bullshit crypto and meme stocks and all sorts of other crap that these guys were playing because of free money based on the Fed in 2020 that was then going into quantitative easing, which has been going on for the last 10 years, because what is quantitative easing? 
They've been buying, the Federal Reserve has been buying toxic assets for 12 years, okay, that they're all betting derivatives on. Same verse, second verse, same as the first. But here's the thing that I wanted to finish up with in terms of the, uh, the the mainstream media. So they're thinking about all of these things like, OK, like it doesn't matter if it's right or left. I mean, you can look at this idiot, Tucker Carlson, who's you know doing this reconfiguration of the frickin insurrection. But meanwhile, he does talk a little bit of the truth about what's going on in the markets because he's kind of a smart guy, but he's just a total nitwit. And he's using different little pieces and pieces, you know, to make an, you know, to make an argument to like really piss off white people, really. But then on the other side, you got people like Rachel Maddow and everybody else that's just like, OK, well, wait a second. You know, let's blame Donald Trump for the deregulation. Okay, he's a pig. We all know that Donald Trump is like, you know, the the gutter rat that came to the top of the circle because this is what happens when it's a race to the gutter. And by the way, I'll say corruption births fascism. But then ultimately, when you get back to the, the, you know, the beginning of this whole thing, the the media has no clue or they're not going to tell us. Let me me back up. The media has a clue, but they work for the system. I heard today uh stephanie rule who is generally tries to be she tries to be down the middle in the way she got things she's now defending the bank she's trying to keep this false notion she's trying to keep this false notion that somehow this is a valid or, or, or a true system this is a completely fraudulent system so the video that we just saw literally set up 16 well Let's call it at least north of 50 million Americans in 2008. That's the people who borrowed, okay? Refinance, right. whatever, with their houses. They talked about the ATM, roulette, whatever. And, and we blame it. If you watch the movie The Big Short, what the general consensus is, let's go blame the strip dancers who got in over their head. Well, how do you think strip dancers got a bunch of houses? Because these bozo brokers were selling, overselling, because they're getting paid fees to do so. And right. then when you get into engineered fabrication of documents, you get liar's loans. But by the way, they were shorting this too, of course, which was the big short, which right. we'll get to in a minute. But the long, the long of the short of it is engineered deception. So in the housing market bubble, which is, by the way, if you look at Silicon Valley Bank, the reason the Fed just rolled out a $20 billion special purpose vehicle was to be able to pull all their assets off their books that are based and predicated on real assets, right? Fungible freaking real estate. But you heard what they did also. They now are valuating the companies not at the true value, but at what they, the face value and not at the market value. There you go, of course. And that's what they've always done. And that's what the Fed allows these guys to do. And all of us have to work for a living and make deals happen and do what we got to do when nobody's giving us freaking million dollar checks, you know, working our full head off when we got no love. Leverage, and they're just giving all the money to the people that presumably got it when they would be bankrupt overnight if they were held accountable for their bad decisions, which is what capitalism is supposed to be, right? But that's not capitalism. What we've got is a corporate fascist system undergirded by a crime syndicate that basically uses socialism to pay off the freaking criminals. That's the freaking rotation. But let's go back to the engineered deception, okay? So in the housing market and what we show you in the con at www.thecon.tv, which basically was suppressed by, I'm sure, BlackRock. Now that I've seen all this stuff, and I don't put a lot of faith in all the crap that's been going on in terms of the politics of the uh, Twitter files. But Matt Taibbi did show us a few things. Intelligence agencies were working with tech platforms to subvert a lot of progressive voices, in addition to whomever, right, as well as some right-wing voices and everything else. Matt Taibbi ultimately says that the right were suppressed because they're the biggest threat, and they might be. But the bottom line is, meanwhile, mainstream media is doing what you just said. Mainstream media is a deception racket nonstop. They get, they, their freaking entire model is to lie. So everybody's 
getting paid to freaking lie. And here we are talking truth. This is a truth bomb, brother. And the bottom line is when you get into the whole freaking semantics of the vertical of the housing market, the way it's supposed to work is you're supposed to have stop gaps left and right. So you have a broker that's supposed to actually do some underwriting. Then you have the underwriter that does an underwriting. But they were both incentivized to lie, steal, and treat to create, uh, um, you know, through deceptive acts and practices. All of these liars loans. And then how does that happen? Well, you're supposed to have appraisals that are supposed to give you the right value of the house. But ultimately, what you had was that the appraisers were forced to lie about the value of the home because a rolling loan knows no loss if it increases in value. You can always roll over that loan based on increasing the value. And, and, and of course, leading up to the 2008 great financial crisis, that whole situation was, you know what, the, the housing market in the United States never went down except for when, the Great Depression. But we're in a different place, you know, post 70s, 80s and whatever else. And along the line is, that they, they were increasing this and they were spinning it off to get fees and fees and fees. And then how did they do it with the stop gaps? Because aren't you supposed to have more cops on the beat that manage that how this happens? Well, guess what? The credit rating agencies, one of which Moody's was owned by Warren Buffett, Mr. Everybody, when the tide goes backwards, you can see everybody who's naked. Well, of course you can when you own the credit rating agency that's not looking inside the uh, actual mortgage-backed securities freaking tranches that you just preference that you know goes A, B, and C and everything else. And they knew they were liars loans. Like an intern in college could have literally looked at any of these loans and realized, wait a second, that house that we were you know, uh, making a loan to was worth maybe $40,000 six years ago. Now it's worth $250,000. What? You know, and that's what they were doing over and over. And but, then you know, last, last piece of the puzzle. Then they were selling these things in derivatives. And okay, so anybody who saw the big short, you see Margot Robbie in the bathtub talking about complicated derivative instruments, right? They're bets on bets on bets on bets on bets, and they're based on credit default swaps. And you can't buy insurance on your neighbor's home if you're going to burn the house down sort of thing. But that's exactly what we did in finance, and that's what gave us the $600 trillion in derivatives that blew up the world. So where were the cops? They weren't because of revolving door, because of corruption, a part of it. because of deregulation. And guess what, people? It never ended. I watched Michael Hudson last night, one of the greatest uh, economists in the world, the only one that I really trust. And in, in his summation, after an hour and a half discussion, you know what he told the world? He said this was the Obama, and it was, and I, I hate to say it, but the Obama war on the economy on behalf of the deceptive act and practice criminal villains of the 1% and up that basically use all of the material aspects of what I'm talking about, which is nothing but racketeering. And guess what? We got a law for that. It's called RICO. Racketeering nobody nobody intends to use it. Nobody. Right. We because discovered the only RICO conviction in the entire country. Sorry to go ballistic, but this is what's happening right now, and it never stopped. And what it means is trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars have been given to criminals. You know, today, um, today there's an article in Common Dreams that says, when are we, I, I, paraphrasing, when are we going to stop kowtowing to the billionaires? What I hope is that this series and other series that we're doing with respect to showing folks exactly how the system works will actually make a difference. So look, um, uh, I like I said before, that our next, our next instance of this will cover uh, so then what is the entire SIL system built for? And what I want to uh, cover in there as well, along with the video that you have there is, the system wasn't really built for us. It, the, the, the system was built, as Bernie said, on fraud. Not only Wall Street, Bernie said Wall Street was built on fraud. It's deeper than just Wall Street being built on fraud. 
it's Look, the it's not free markets. It, it's not free markets, and it's not dynamism, and it's not risk reward. It's not capitalism, like Giannis Varoufakis says. It's techno feudalism and beyond capital. Because of what I just said, a corporate fascist state undergirded by a criminal syndicate that gives socialism to, to, the, uh, to, the, to, the, to the criminals. I know you want to finish. Let me just make one last uh, point here, if you don't mind. Listen, man, going back to the Civil War, OK, after the Civil War, what followed, um, you know, uh, basically emancipation for the, you know, the emancipation proclamation after the North won the Civil War? Well, we ended up with a pla- uh, what is it called? Uh, oh, my God. I can't even think of the term where. You know, African Americans were set up with these liars' loans to basically keep them in bondage, which was um, sharecropping. Right. That's this has been along around that long. It's just gotten more sophisticated with technology. That's got millions of more people. Well, it's, it's making all- it's making everybody now the sharecropper. That's what I talk about right. when I when I talk about antiseptic slavery and uh, slavery was when this this melanin was enslaved. The new slavery is a lot more efficient antiseptic slavery and now the vast majority of americans the most majority of westerners that's where we are today patrick labelle producer of the con thank you so kindly for all that you're doing that's right let's break the chains of debt bondage and let's lead to freedom through common sense and strength over and truth over the freaking villains man we can do this we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.